This week, we're going to take a different shift from what we've done last month. I think our facilitation conversation ended really excited with where that ended with with Megan Bruneau last weekend. If not, go back and listen to it. This week, we're going to take a different approach. Uh, we're going to go back to the original format, but I'm, I'm interested to talk. This is a sort of a specific topic to people that I love, and I'm really excited to have them on the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about children. I'm thinking we might have a few guests for the month talking about that, but it's going to kind of depend on whether or not I can get those people booked. If not, this may be a reoccurring topic. But this week, we're joined by Lauren and Andrew Haugen, two of uh, mine and my wife's friends. They are uh, wonderful Packer fans living in in New Jersey. They are expectant parents. And that's really what I'm interested to talk to them about. But you know, right now, I think as always, you know, Andrew and Lauren, in that order, are you happy? First off, thank you for having us. Uh, we appreciate you asking us to be on here. Um, generally, yes, we. Are, I am very happy. I can only speak for myself. Uh, I am generally very happy with where we are. Uh, she is pregnant, five months. Yeah. So 19 um, weeks tomorrow, 19 weeks tomorrow, it'll be 20 weeks tomorrow when this airs. Yeah. So almost halfway through, but yeah, I'm overall very happy. Of course, like there's aspects of life where there are moments of being unhappy or, or phases or moods of being unhappy, but overall I'm very satisfied, you know, with my career, with where my career has gone, um, with being pregnant with my life personally, uh, and then with my life with Andrew. I was going to say, our relationship. <laughs> Best <Yes>. for last. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But, yeah. Overall, I'm, I'm very happy. The key question is, what is your baby at this point? Do you have the app that tells yeah. you what the size of it is? What is it at this so point? So, it's every Thursday. We get a new update. Yeah. Um, it was the so, size of a video game controller, which I was very excited about. Yeah. That was cool. But, last, so, tomorrow's 19 weeks. And obviously, I haven't looked yet. But as of 18 weeks, it was the size of an artichoke. Okay. Those things are huge, by the way. Yeah, Those that is. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you've seen one recently, but very large. Babies are big. Babies are big. Every week, I'm like, that's a giant fruit or vegetable. And then every week, it just gets bigger. Yeah. Well, that's life. I know. And right? then and then they'll keep getting big. And then you'll be like, I just bought you those clothes. <laughs> and now they don't fit. Exactly. So. Let's let's talk applied. When you first and I, you were both looking to have children, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, what was it like when you found out that you were successful? Is it all happiness? Because to me, it sounds like it would be happiness followed immediately by sheer terror. That's well, exactly how correct. it was. So, you want to? Yeah. Start so, and then I'll jump in. we found out on my birthday, so like oh, middle his March. Thirtieth birthday. Yeah, thirtieth birthday, in middle March. So I'm thirty now. Spoiler alert. And then, um, so. She's been. She had been waking me up at like four thirty in the morning to do a pregnancy test. Cause TMI, but you're supposed to use your first morning urine, right? So you wake up. I mean, I've always woken up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, or like you know, an hour or two before my alarm goes off. So that's when you're supposed to take your pregnancy test. So we we've been trying for a while. So she didn't wake me up at four thirty. So she woke me up at like four forty five well, after no, okay. she did the test. So the way this I is, did it. This is a fact. The way I did it was. Yeah, it was like 4.30 in the morning. Yes. And it's one of those like digital countdown pregnancy tests. So it starts out blank and then it flashes like 
one box and then two boxes up to four boxes. And when it's up to four boxes, it's going to tell you whether or not you're pregnant. So when it got to like the third box, I was like, I guess I should wake Andrew up just in case this is the one. Because what I really loved about the whole process was that he was with me with every single pregnancy test we took. And everybody does it differently. Some women take it by themselves and then surprise their husbands. But like we were very much on the same team with wanting to know in the moment whether or not we were pregnant. Um, but of course, this time I like waited till the very end. Yeah. So he was like literally like one eye open and it said pregnant. And I like just immediately started crying and was like, oh, my gosh, it says pregnant. And he had this blank stare of like, I was I still know. asleep. I was right. still asleep. I don't know That's what you what were feeling. Right. Yeah. And but, all, yeah. So it was my birthday. So pro tip to all the people out there, do not work on your birthday. <laughs> Unrelated. Just a general pro tip. <laughs> So we did the pregnancy test. We found out we're pregnant. We hugged and everything. It was super yeah, exciting. Yeah, I mean, I cried. You woke up. And then, you know, what was I? Re- what I really loved was that you were like, this is the best birthday present ever. Correct. Because we'd been trying for six months, which is the average time it takes to have a baby. But, like, dang. Yeah. That felt like an eternity. Um, and then we went back to sleep because it's 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember like rolling over and, and trying to sleep and then just like looking at Andrew and being like, oh my gosh, we have to buy a house. Like, cause we were in an apartment and it was just like <laughs> the, that, that jump from a baby to a house. The pure joy probably lasted three minutes before the anxiety started to set in. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did say they keep growing. So it did go from a baby to a house immediately. <laughs> sure. Very rapidly. Very quickly. We have a friend, I mean, we talked about this just before we started, and I think he has, he's had his baby now. I'm not going to name him because I don't want to out him on international television. I I don't know, whatever this podcast is and where it's listened to, that I think dreaded the birth of his child the entire time. Mm -hmm. I think he was very nervous about being a dad, which I also think I, if, if I'm ever in that position, think I would be as well. How do you fight that? You said that this, the the dra- the anxiety set in three minutes after you found out. How do you fight that throughout the process? Mindfulness. Yeah, I'm trying to be in the moment more than anything. Yeah, because you can't Which is really. So hard. Yeah, it's hard, but you can't plan for things that far in the future where you're just trying to like get get through every day, make sure the baby's healthy, doing everything correctly while you're pregnant. I'm the type of person that needs control in all things. And this has been an excellent experience for experiment rather in well, it's not well, and I misspoke experience in really like letting go, you know, since we started trying to conceive that none of this is in your control. It's you not, know? it's like no. you're, you're completely out of control and there's only so much you can do to really be in the moment and be in control. Um, it was funny, you'd ask, Andrew, you'd ask me, like, I don't remember when, but he was like, are you nervous about labor? And like, yeah, of course I am. It seems horrifying. What I, what I tell myself is, you know, women have been doing this since the dawn of time. Um, and my mom's a maternity nurse. So I feel like I have heard all the horror stories. But um, I, I really look at, like, what's right in front of me. So right now, at 20 weeks, you have your anatomy scan which is also when we get to find out the gender because we decided not to do genetic testing. Um, so like you have that really big excitement about like knowing the baby's gender, 
But then there's also this like fear that like, what if my baby's not anatomically normal or not developing normally? Um, so that's like what's immediately in front of me and us right now. Right. Um, and then I think like the next thing, you know, I'm just like going through, okay, once I get through that and I'm okay, like what's the next thing on the docket to be anxious about rather than, and I don't even know if I'm doing this consciously. I think it's just like happening, but like, what's the next thing to be anxious about, which has saved me from being anxious all the time. Um, but just with being a person that struggles with anxiety, I've done a lot of work personally as a, as a mental health therapist working with children, like with mindfulness, you know, you work, I work so closely with children, teaching them mindfulness that it's rubbed off on me myself. And I think that's helped my anxiety, especially in a situation like this where you're just completely out of control and it's rubbed off on me too. Like doing all the mindfulness stuff, like her telling me her day and her going through her job and teaching me, teaching me all these things that she teaches her kids. It's like helped me too. I don't consider myself like an anxious person, but this has definitely ramped up my anxiety <laughs> a lot Yeah. where, where, uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously doable and we just get through the days, but, um, it's, it's uh, pretty terrifying. But of course it is like very scary to like, when you step back and think about it, you're like, am I going to be a good mom? Am I going to be a good dad? Like, is my kid going to be an asshole? You know, I really hope not. I hope not too. <laughs> and you can, and again, it's like, you can only do what's in your control yeah. and whatever that may be. And that, that kind of just comes at you in waves and you deal with it as it comes. And that's how we've been handling this first stage of, of the yeah, first 20 weeks. <laughs> yeah. There are two points I want to come back to, but Andrew, you specifically, mm -hmm. Lauren talks about her own loss of control. But Lauren is, I, Lauren is, oh, how do I describe this? I'm trying to come up with like a visual. Right. I would say Lauren is at least in the car. You're maybe running behind it. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's a funny way to put it. What is that like for you? I mean, that's got to be even more, you go to work, you don't think about, I'm imagining, I would think you probably don't. Whereas Lauren thinks about having to be pregnant at all times because yeah. she is pregnant. Whereas you like go to work, probably do things. It's not really on the top of your mind. And then you're, you like realize like, Oh wait, we're having a baby. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of that. I mean, it's also, it's, I feel like my role is like the role of like the support staff mm -hmm. to like a CEO of some kind. I'm the CEO. Uh, yeah. Or the baby. The baby's a CEO <laughs> at this point. Um, but it's just trying to be there when they need it. Like, um, and I went through a hard time, I think in the beginning, yeah. just like realizing that because our relationship was always like 50, 50, 50, 50. and now it's definitely, especially ranged. When, it, when it comes to like household tasks, right. Ranged in the other way. Cause she obviously can't do a ton of stuff. And in the um, beginning, you're just so exhausted if you don't look pregnant. Right. So, that too. but like, I can't even describe the, the exhaustion. And to look at me, like I'm, I'm assuming based on our conversations that you just looked at me and it was like, like just do the dishes or like, just do your laundry, you know, right. when you can't see, but it's like that first trimester. But I'm sorry. Continue. Yes. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. And that, like, I've dealt with it better. I think more recently, Absolutely. um, essentially you just do everything that you can to make her comfortable, make sure that the pregnancy's going okay like it is on my mind all the time um like when i'm at work and stuff and um i told a bunch of people at work so they all know and i can like talk about it more at work and, and things like that but it's more 
it's always in the back of your head, like how can I make more money or how can I position myself going forward to support more people? Um, but it's, it's always, it's always, yeah, it is always on your mind. You, you, you don't think of it like, oh, it's in my stomach, but it's always in the back of my mind where, you know, this is definitely, definitely happening. It's runaway train at this point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Right. Ready or not. Does the mindfulness always work? I mean, does it always keep you in that sort of happiness state? Like how, what, do you try to distract yourself from the fears? Cause you have another, what you said, you're 20 weeks in. Yeah. I don't know math. So you're like halfway. halfway. Yeah. Cause 40 weeks. So halfway. And you, you still have another halfway to go. Yeah. But there's only so many things you can worry about. Yeah. So, I mean, what else do you do? I mean, do you, does the mindfulness always work? It sounds like it does it. So what do you do when it doesn't? I think that, um, basically we try to keep ourselves busy with trying to prepare. Yeah. I think so like I work two jobs now, basically I work two years around the clock. So it's, you know, I work my full-time job at the state, then I go swim coach. And that really just takes, cause you're dealing with so many kids and, and things anyway, you don't really think about it. It's really when it gets to like, when I come home, she's already in bed, I turn off FIFA yeah. and then I think about it that way. <laughs> or like on the weekends, we're trying to prepare the apartment, trying to clean up, trying to like prepare for the next week, just trying to get through the week, but yeah. you're literally just yeah. trying to get and prepare where we live for, you know, the it's, baby. It's controlling what you can control, right? So rather than sitting around ruminating and perseverating on the fact that I don't know if word. my baby's anatomically correct that or healthy rather, not correct, but focusing on those things that we can control. You know, we have a spare room that we use as a garage and that's going to be a nursery soon. So, you know, in this uncontrollable situation, what can I control? I can control whether or not the spare room's a mess, right. you know? So I think in those moments of like pure terror and anxiety, right throwing yourself in and immersing yourself wholly into those tasks that you can control, like doing the baby registry, going to buy by baby and like looking at strollers, which that produces another form of anxiety. That's a more manageable anxiety. You know, I can deal with that. It's like going car shopping, but for strollers. Ugh, but like, it's your baby. It's for your baby. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is still mindfulness, right? You're still pulling yourself out of that, that emotional state and into something that you can control. It's got to be like throwing the emergency brake on a car hmm. for you've been trying for six months yeah. to get pregnant. And that's all you wanted. Yeah. Every day. That's you're hoping. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you've changed. It's, it's, you, it's happening. There's, there's no ramp on, there's no lead up. Yeah. When you were trying to conceive was that a different kind of anxiety and stress to deal with was it it did you think there was something wrong with you was it correct we did not handle it well we did not handle it well it was probably one of the lowest points of our relationship for sure yeah you know we We were rough six months there and you know what i was thinking about it and it was the hardest at the beginning because you know i'm surrounded by people who honestly conceived right away right so then for it to not happen for us right away, it was heartbreaking. That first month, I cried and cried and, oh, it was horrible. And then, you know, and then you turn to your ineffective coping skills and we were drinking more and we were eating more poorly and then you're not sleeping well. And 
but I think as we progressed, um, we were, oh, and I forgot we were fighting so much. But well, then it entered with everything else. Yeah. So as it progressed and the months went by and, you know, I was doing like in September when we started trying, I was doing like everything we could, right? Ovulation tests and everything you can. Because we expected it to happen right away. There yeah. was no reason why it shouldn't have happened. Right. In right theory. Away, in theory. Right. So we were doing like everything we could or, you know, what the internet says, Dr. Google. And <laughs> then for it to not happen, it was just such a letdown. And then, but then that goes back to my need for control in all things, right? I was trying to control the situation and this is, this is not something that can be controlled. So each passing month, I really relinquished control. And I think you did too, Andrew, um, relinquished control with each passing month. And oddly enough, the month that we conceived was the month that I was like, you know what, if this doesn't happen, then I go to the doctor in August and we start testing to figure out what's wrong. And I have we take like a month off and then start. Yeah. Well, cause we didn't month. want a Christmas baby, but, um, so, and I just have that, like in hindsight, that's like in that moment, I basically radically accepted that if this doesn't happen, it's okay. You know, like there are doctors that I can go to and, and, right. and experts that we can seek out and like, it'll be okay. And then that was the month we conceived, oddly enough, because I finally like relaxed. And then it's like your mind jumps to like in like the fourth month of trying and it didn't work. Your mind goes to the worst possible right. explanation. I'm broken, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's so much shame and guilt right. and embarrassment of like, this is what my body is meant to do and why isn't it doing it? Right. And we had many conversations about that, both feeling that way. Right. But in the beginning, we were fighting so much, like screaming at each other. And we've never been like that. Yeah. But something that we really prioritize is, and we've done this throughout our entire relationship when we would fight, is like we'd yell and scream at each other in this situation. And then we'd take our space, you know, like I'd go to our bedroom and he'd stay out in the living room or whatever. And then we'd come back once we were calm and regulated and talk it out and take ownership and apologize and just talk about what the other needed and wasn't getting in that moment from the other person. You know, was it validation? Was it, I just needed a hug, you know, and, and then, you know, we weren't angry anymore or we were less angry. Um, so I think through that process, we were able to, to really learn a lot about each other that I kind of thought we knew. Um, This, this, the pregnancy definitely, uh, opens eyes about who we are and who the other person is that you're dealing with. But that goes to another point of like, I'm so glad that we've been together so long and that we have such a strong foundation because this is stress like I've never felt before and like we've never dealt with before. And if we didn't have a strong foundation built on mutual, mutual trust and respect um, and know how the other copes with stress, at least, you know, at a baseline, um, and knows how the other processes sadness and anxiety. Like, the, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine not knowing each other and, oh, yeah. and being in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because even though I do feel like we know each other really well, it was still, you know, we saw things in each other that we'd never seen before. Yeah. So it was really hard. Well, I mean, what did you fight about? Were you blaming each other? Or, Lauren, it seems like you you were blaming yourself throughout yeah. the process. But 
where the fights around, well, this is your fault. This is your fault. It wasn't more, more of that frustration. Was, yeah, it was definitely more frustration. It was definitely also fueled by alcohol, which yeah. definitely did not help. Uh, because alcohol just, and grief is just yeah. such a terrible combination. And it definitely, it's not the best mixture. So it's like, so we would like find out we weren't pregnant. Uh, then like go to work, go or to whatever. Work online. It's usually like on a Friday. Uh-huh. It felt like, <laughs> then come home and then drink, drink way too much. Yeah. And then fight about stupid shit. I don't even know what shit. we would fight about. Right. I think we were both. things that we just. It was never blaming. No. no. We, hmm. no, never blame. I never felt like he was like, you know, what's wrong with you ever. No. No. Cause that's not in your character no. and that's not in my character. Um, I think it was more of just like, we were so sad and so disappointed and like grieving what we thought would be in that moment. And then I also it, tried to do it where like, okay, we'll just get them next, next month. Yeah. And then it's like, that's not helpful either. Cause it's invalidating. Right. And in those moments, like I just wanted a hug and to cry together and be sad. And yeah. he was like, all right, let's move on next month. And I'm like, okay, I'll be ready like next week for that. But right now I just need to be sad. So then we weren't using our words to communicate that. So we finally got to that point. And even I think when we, when we first got pregnant too, it was once again, like learning how to cope with my crazy emotions and hormones. And it was, it was still more of that. And we had to like come back and remind each other that like, you know, you like to jump to problem solving and I like to be validated so what do we need from each other right now? Like, I feel mad at you. So what am I, what am I lacking in this moment? And, and how can I communicate that to you? Um, yeah. So I don't even really remember what we would fight well, about. I think it'd no, be we, stupid stuff yeah. that we were just so sad that like, you know, the we dishes would be again. left in the, I left <laughs> the dishes in the sink and I didn't put them in the dishwasher and it would just like set Andrew off when it's like, it's not about the dishes. <laughs> It's never about the dishes and it's not about me. It's about our situation. And we thought it would be different. Right. And enough with the sad. Well, <laughs> I have one more. We'll get back to that later. But what are you looking forward to out of all of this, out of the anxiety and pain ultimately through the conception process? Mm-hmm. And I want each of you to answer separately. Okay. What are you looking forward to most about being a parent? Um, I think trying to shape another person, <laughs> which is horrifying, but also exciting. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, shape another person. That's probably like the most responsibility you can have as a parent. And I'm kind of really looking forward to that and trying to accept that that's something that I can do as a father. Um, uh, Forcing them to like the Packers is also a big <laughs> one. I think that's important. Cheeseheads all around. Yeah. But um, no, I think it's it's looking forward to seeing them grow as a person and how I helped shape them as a person and what they learned from me and going, going forward, you know, like hopefully liking the person they become because yes. I've shaped them. Because they're part of you. I think I'm excited. I'm excited for... Um, like to watch Andrew become a dad and like see that I find I'm just like so excited to, to like have that experience in the beginning. And I mean, I guess that continues forever, but um, I'm also like excited to like, who does the baby look like? Like, I just imagine we both have giant eyes. I just imagine our baby's going to have giant eyes, <laughs> you know, and, and 
those aspects. I think we've always talked about like aspects of of each other that we hope the baby has personality wise, looks wise, like all that stuff. It's like such a mystery. And, and I think too, I'm excited for, you know, what personality quirks is the baby going to have or the child going to have that's like me or like Andrew. They're just like learned or inherent and, and just like really enjoying that whole journey of seeing the world through your child's eyes and rediscovering the world. Like I can't wait to go to Disney world with like with a little kid and, and, and or Disneyland. We're going to go to California. At yeah. Some point, so. Yeah. Right. So like, I'm so excited to basically like live life through a child's eyes, my child's eyes. Um, and also to watch Andrew become a dad. I'm really excited for that. Two of my nightmares, large crowds, and my child becoming a Packers fan. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I think those are those are great. Those are great answers. I think from from both. Have you talked about? This is the hardest one. That this is the hardest question I've had to ask it for me yet. Have you talked about what happens if your baby isn't anatomically correct, or if there is an issue, or if they? come out and you know i think we're I, just to acknowledge our own sort of privilege i would say we're middle class white people from the east coast you know what if your baby comes out at straight obviously since we're both in heterosexual relationships right. um comes out as a lgbtq or has different life views from you i mean have you have you talked about how you would handle that i actually got this question asked me by uh, by somebody at work Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then uh, and essentially, like I would love that baby regardless. Like it's, yeah. I'm I'm not one to judge people anyway, and I'm not definitely gonna judge my kid. I'm, that's not something that I think would I would do um, as a parent. So, yeah. um, I think we both of us would be super accepting of who they are, and um, but it's something you definitely think about. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about it because I feel like we also. Like I have good health benefits. I have good health benefits through the state she's on me. Yeah. So it's like, let's say whatever reason they have some uh, cognitive disease or whatever, like what disability, whatever. You could have we have support via the health benefits that should yeah. help us. Thank God with that. Going back to being middle class. Right. Um, I mean, of course, it's something that's on your mind, and and it feels like horrible to like hope that that doesn't happen because that does happen to people, right. you know, and I, I work with kids like that at school and, um, you know, you just want this perfect baby, this perfect baby. And like, what does that mean? You know, like, you know, we're, we're both religious, we're Roman Catholic and we've been raised. We went, I mean, I went to Catholic school, kindergarten through graduate school and it is like, it's in God's hands and, um, we're going to be dealt with what we were meant to be dealt with, whether you want to believe that's God or the universe or, or whatever. But I think we'll take it in stride. And if there is something not quote unquote normal, I'd be lying if I'd say that I wouldn't have to grieve the loss of what I thought I would have. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, because you expect the child to like follow your footsteps where they're like in a heterosexual relationship. Right. That's, you know, there's a chance but, that's but not going like, to happen. Like cognitively or physically or like any of that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, we haven't you talked definitely about, about it. it. We haven't like specifically talked about it. And I think that goes back to like 
maybe me curbing my, trying to curb my anxiety is like after this anatomy scan, if there is something wrong, we have 20 weeks to talk about it, you know? And it's like, you know, prior to, prior to conceiving, we did, we talked about like, if we can't get pregnant, what are we going to do? We did have that conversation. And that's, that's in, an interesting point. Like we haven't really talked about like, what are we going to do? Um, but I think maybe that goes back to like, that we both know we'll be okay. Right. And that we're we, going to be supportive either way. And I, I don't see yeah. that changing because of one thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. That we're going to love our baby, yeah, love our child, regardless of who they turn out to be. Um, and I think, you know, too, like as we get older and children get older and society progresses, that there are going to be things, worldviews that we disagree with our child about. And I think that's kind of just the circle of life to, you know, quote the great American movie, The Lion King. But um, it's going to happen and, and we'll take it in stride. And and really, like, I think we try and think pretty dialectically even with each other's views of like, all right, so that's your view and this is my view and what's what's the middle ground because there's truth in what both of us feel. So I hope that I still have that that yeah. view when I'm older and my kid thinks that, you know, my views are backwards. Like I hope I can, can consider their point of view um, and that I raise them to consider the points of view of others and not and not just think that they are right all the time or that there's no room to grow. You talked about worldviews and a worldview that we see changing now is the position of which parent, I don't want to say leads, but for the sake of, of a better phrase, lead parent in it. Um, you know, are, are you planning to both continue to work? I think, unfortunately, our country is not as friendly uh, to the women that have children more than they are to men. Um, are you both planning to continue to work or... We're we gonna see Mr. Dad and, and Andrew, or are you planning to stay at home, Lauren? Like what is what is the plan? Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah. Um no, I'm definitely so my I work for the state, so it gives you lots of really good paternity benefits. So like I can go out on leave for six weeks and then we can figure out what we want to do from there. But it I has, definitely uh, will uh, a bunch of sick time, it's insane. Yeah, I got lots of sick um, days and stuff. But no, I plan because I, I so I worked at the state and then I continue, you know, I'm gonna continue coaching. Um I enjoy that. You know, weirdly enough, so it's a lot of. Uh... You, I mean, you bring up an interesting point because we are, you know, to go back to what we said, we're white, we're middle class, heterosexual, um, but we have like an immense amount of student debt, and you know, I have a master's hmm. degree. I went to two private universities. Um, you know, kind of regret that at this point with all the student debt, but like I, we at this point, just to like keep our heads above water and tread water. I work three jobs. Andrew works two jobs. And what I've thought most about is like, how are we going to maintain that? Like it's, it's obviously with the, right. It's obviously like, there's no question of me going back to work. You know, I have this view that I've worked really hard to get to where I am professionally. You know, I have my master's degree and, and I work in counseling You know, I've worked to get my professional license and I've worked hard to get to where I am. And, I don't necessarily want or believe that I have to give that up. Um, that might be totally different after I have a baby. Um, right. But that's how I feel now. And But I teach dance. I teach dance at a local studio, and then I teach dance where we went to high school, which luckily is only like once a week um, for 12 weeks. It's like for the fall semester. But 
you know, I think about like, how are we going to maintain that? How are we going to maintain our current lifestyle of work, of working, you know, probably 60 hours a week each with a baby? I don't, and, and we do that to like maintain our lifestyle. I don't know how we're going to do that. And that's something like we've been talking about and, and thinking about. But we do get not like, come to a solution. Yeah, no, we. I mean, I don't think we ever will. <laughs> we'll yeah. just make it work however we can. But, right. But like we like we get the like when the baby's first born, like I'll be taking off a while. Yeah. Uh, from work and stuff, which is definitely great. I mean, she you have mm-hmm. she works at Rutgers, so she gets all those benefits too. So. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a, a strange journey regarding yeah. <laughs> regarding that. The debt thing is not a, the student debt thing is not a thing I've ever thought about. I, I really, to this, to this moment, I have, I have legitimately never, ever thought the question of whether or not both parents go back to work relates back to student debt. Exactly. You can, you can do an in like forbearance for a while. Not forever. Yeah. yeah. Like I was just looking into loan consolidation and then I'm like on the verge of crying because I'm like, I don't know what's better. I don't know if I just leave them here or if I refinance, you know? And it's just like, I, that's something I didn't. You know, these little things that you don't don't think think about with getting pregnant, you know. It's interesting. That's something to think about is that that discussion continues to evolve. Yeah, Yeah, that is, is, I really, I have to say that is something that I have actually never really thought would would come into the discussion. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So, all right, we are coming up to the end of time. So I do want to get to some of the fun questions. Now, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But each of you, do you think it'll be a boy or a girl and do you want a boy or a girl so lauren's been doing these ridiculous tests okay, yesterday ridiculous. with my sister they're very dumb no, basically like honest okay opinion. uh so i grew up with like all boys and my mom obviously so it's <laughs> She'll be happy I think, <laughs> shout out so i think it's i think i think i prefer not prefer that's the wrong word i think i would like to have a girl but then mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be a boy that's where i stand yeah i think it's a boy do you have, do you have, have you, I don't want to know them, mm-hmm. but have you settled? How do you go about trying to determine or settle? I feel like Andrew is an Andrew Jr. kind of person. No. But I could be wrong on that. Not that he person. believes everybody should have their own name. Interesting. Yeah. Aaron, obviously. Aaron Rogers. Aaron, Aaron or Aaron. Those are the names. Yeah. Just kidding. That's not happening. <laughs> uh, no, we definitely thought about it, but we're, you know, we're Honestly, still we, not you know for sure sure and we've talked we talked about it like prior to trying to have kids and i'm not sure if any of your uh, listeners uh, know this there's a uh an app i don't know what it's called called? it's basically tinder for baby names (laughs) it's called baby what it's tinder for baby names swipe left if you don't like it you swipe right if you do and then your partner has it as well um and then you can see if you match yeah that is amazing it's not a sponsored ad (laughs) It could be though. I mean, I'm not going to turn down sponsorship if they want to come come and sponsor the show. This has been a great conversation. I have very much enjoyed learning about what it's like to be pregnant and getting to it. Can I give a piece of advice? Yes. So, I think there's so much secrecy surrounding women in pregnancy, and we are taught, or it is learned, that you don't tell anybody when you're trying to conceive, and you don't tell anybody when you first get pregnant. I was so sad in the beginning, not getting pregnant. And there were people, family members and close friends that I leaned on and I I shared with. And then as we were going forward, I was telling more and more people like, Hey, we're trying to get pregnant and it is not happening. And the greatest thing 
was having other people to share in that with. And then in sharing in that with other people, you know, you learn that you're, you're not the only one that struggled with this because it's such an isolating thing. And then you start opening up to other women or other men and you realize that they went through this too. And it, and then that makes it feel less shameful and isolating. And it's the same thing with pregnancy. I mean, we told our families pretty much immediately. And then we told a few really close friends pretty much immediately. Um, and that really like, I think it took stress off of us in our relationship. Um, well, being somebody able you could to talk to someone. Other people to turn to and talk to other than each other. Right. Um, so I think that that is a social norm within, you know, women and pregnancy of this, this like oath of secrecy and like, why you don't have to, you know, you tell who you want. If you want to keep it a secret and keep it between you and your partner, then that's great. Then you do that. But that wasn't for me. I'm like such a social being that I needed to tell people and I needed to share in this sadness and in this joy with the people that I love the most outside of Andrew. So that's my advice. I want everybody to, to do their own thing and not feel like you have to keep it a secret. That's, I think that's incredibly important to remind people of in, in all aspects of life. But I think all, I have learned things today that I did not know. I, I legitimately, I don't know any, you know, as a person that has never been pregnant, I have they, they talk a lot about what happens before and a lot about what happens after you get pregnant in high school, but you don't really learn about what it's like to be pregnant. Um, and it's got to be hard to mentally and emotionally prepare yourself for it when no one else has really talked. No one talks about what it's like really to be pregnant. As we usually do, though, on every show, I do want to give you both an opportunity to give a recommendation, whether it's for a normal person that's not normal's wrong word, a person that is not currently pregnant. Okay or someone that is currently either trying to get pregnant or currently is pregnant or has kids, do you have a recommendation for something someone could do this week that might make their week a little happier? Question. We just started the show Dark, season two on Netflix. So good. Uh, You don't mind reading subtitles or dubbed lips. But I think think finishing shows is a good thing that people can do to like finish something. Yeah, takes you out of your reality. It's a good distraction. Um, I don't know. What's my recommendation? Uh, Go for a walk. I mean, I sat outside yesterday (laughs) after all this miserable rain we had. I sat outside with a good friend and it was just so nice to be outside. Like, and I don't do that enough. You know, I work in a school all day. I mean, none of us do. Yeah. I'm stuck in a pool all day and I work in an office all day. So go outside. Those are great recommendations. Lauren, Andrew, best of luck with the last 20 weeks. Thank you for coming on. I look forward to hearing and maybe talking to you again, post-birth, finding out if everything you thought did happen. But thank you again and good luck.